Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. The Around the NFL podcast has the vapors. (laughs) Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Lots going on. A lot of excitement in the room today. New week. New storylines. It's a new NFL. Never ends. And that's how we like it, never ending. A never ending caravan of NFL news. Well, look at it this way. If if the NFL wasn't constantly generating something, then maybe we wouldn't be doing this podcast. It would right be a now. seasonal job. Maybe we would be working in a factory somewhere until NFL season began again. You never know in an alternate reality. It'd be like old NFL players, like the Packers, when they actually were Packers in the offseason, packing boxes. Wind up in some factory. <laughs> Don't go back to Rockville. Uh, all right. little R.E.M. Oh, yeah. That's I've been cool. schooled. I now appreciate the <laughs> 12-month furious news cycle. Actually, you know what you're going to appreciate is these couple weeks, about three or four weeks from now, when you're at work, not during vacation. Because we, we got six mini camps this week, about 23 other teams at OTAs. Then next week, everyone's at mini camps, and then it's just quiet for five or six weeks. Tumbleweeds. You can't imagine how bad our posts and podcasts are going to be then. It will be completely <laughs> made up of uh, talking about uh, various arrests and what they mean for their teams. Maybe we can watch the NBA Finals. It'll be over. It'll buddy. be over, buddy. It's truly the if unless you're a baseball fan, there's literally nothing. Oh, it's a wasteland if that's the case. Mark excited about FIFA World Cup women. That's true. You can watch a little Women's World Cup. I wouldn't say I'm excited. I'm happy. That's that's nice that it's on. I like Mark's uh, detour into fake basketball fandom during the finals. It's been it's been kind of refreshing. I like it. I Cleveland is approaching what they've not done in decades and decades. I'm gonna watch. Can I share the story from thir- uh, from Sunday afternoon? I don't know which. There were many stories. So <laughs> we're watching we're watching the game at the at at the bar on Sunday evening. The game is at near the end of regulation. It might even be early in overtime. People are on edge. It's an incredible, one of the best finals games in You were years. fired up. Oh, love it. Love watching LeBron at the peak of his powers. It's been fun so far. And Mark is into it next to me the whole, the whole time. And he'd been, you know, we'd all be hanging out at the bar for a while to, you know, read into that however you may. But at one point, Mark gets into a conversation with a, <laughs> a young group of men behind us uh, in which it comes out that one of them, in fact, is a Ravens fan. And then under cross-examination, Mark finds out that that Ravens fan did not know that the Ravens became the Ravens because the Browns moved out of Cleveland. <laughs> and Mark, of course, as, as a diehard Browns fan, Mark flabbergasted. 15 minutes later, now literally LeBron's got the ball probably last possession uh, trying to win the game. I look over to Mark and his arms are crossed and his face is sour. <laughs> what? Like, so, like he just found out his dog died. And I was like, Mark, what's wrong? He's like, no, man. It's just like, how could he not know? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, I think the boss would appreciate that I'm always thinking about football. <laughs> but uh, I find it offensive that someone in their late 20s 
they're not. I think this wasn't a twelve-year-old. He was probably twenty-five I think to thirty. That, I think the absurd part of the story was that the game was tied. It's overtime. You know, Cleveland's got the ball. It's a big spot in the game here, and you're focused on something else. Entirely. Some kid, some twerp. I not knowing the history of the it NFL threw me off my orbit big time. I expect nothing less out of Mark. That's this is predictable behavior. And you look, the kid had it coming, millennial. That's um, exactly right. Crusty 40-year-old men yeah. attack millennials. Wes, Wes attacks 75% of our listenership. <laughs> hey, read a book. How about that? Read a book, listeners. Oh, my God. Um, all right. Nice show today. But it is nice to have Mark plugged in on another sport. I've long been a champion of Mark getting involved beyond the NFL world. Hoping to go tonight. I heard that I may have uh, babysitting duties, so all right, sure we'll that's going to be happening. We'll keep tabs call, on You can't that. call it babysitting when it's your kids. Uh, adult responsibilities attached yeah. to my life decisions. <laughs> Greg makes a good point. Uh, nice show today. Some shows I, I walk upstairs and I dread it. I'm saying, what are we going to talk about? This is not going to be interesting to listen to. This time when I'm going up the stairs, I'm like, eh, could be okay. I feel could that energy. Good. Yeah, could, could be, be good. good. I like it. So we're going to get into, uh, uh, you know, there are um, you know a lot of things going on. OTAs, Greg just mentioned, we've got mini camps. A lot cooking right now. So we're going to bring back uh, one of our favorite little games, uh, which is, of course, What's More Likely? And I mm. think I think there's... What's more All right. Likely? Okay, Sully, a little slow out of the gate. Let's, can we get the entire word? What's more no, we can't. Likely? But we're going to work on that technical difficulty. We can get all of what in there. Uh, we're going to play that game. And then we're also well, we're going to have a little fun. Some players that are not signed right now, some veterans. We're going to each kind of step up and, and, and speak for that player that's out of a job and uh, say, this guy should probably have a gig with training camp right around the corner. Uh, uh, but before any of that, oh, before we get to news, I'm checking with Sully, who other than that drop has done a tremendous job. He's got a haircut. His mustache is still in, in great. It's a Southern shape. gentleman. Thanks, guys. Tennessee volunteer. <laughs> There we go. Cleaned it up. Cleaned it up a little bit. I'm feeling good today, guys. <laughs> I thought I thought we. Uh, you want, you want us to get, get up for you or something? No, like no, that? it's okay. I'm just, I'm just for, you know, for the listeners who can't see. Sully was really motioning for us to get out out of her chairs <laughs> in honor of him. Sully knows that TD will be back next week, so he's got to soak it up this week. Yeah, Win West's toaster, which, as we know, is a game of skill and valor. A tr- the NFL trivia game, which. Wes holds the toaster, which makes him a champion of trivia. Uh, really, not just within this building, but the entire world. Uh, we're bringing it back. Next week, next Thursday, we're going to shoot for it. Uh, win Wes's toaster. So if you are a listener. Win Wes's toaster. If you are a listener who believes you could take down Wes, and I'm just going to be honest, you don't want to humiliate yourself because it's happened on the no. airwaves. I've known people that have deleted their Twitter accounts after getting shut out by Wes. Wow. Uh, so if you think you could take Wes down in NFL trivia, contact at producer TD uh, with a hashtag WWT. Uh, let him know that you want to take on Wes. Uh, if if uh, TD chooses you, pass a screening process, and you will be on the show to go against Wes Wait, next how, Thursday. How are we? Uh, how is TD going to give us the tweets? Because he's not back till next Friday. Oh, he's not back till next Friday. Correct. I'm okay. sure he's diligently standing by when he's, you know, four countries away. All right. Well, listen, we're going to have to go with Sully on this. A lot of pressure on Sully. This will be his crowning achievement. What is your Twitter handle? At Sully Vol. Okay. So that's at Sully, S-U-L-L-Y-V-O-L. Correct. Hashtag WWT. Reach out to Sully. He will be in touch with you to take on Wes, the greatest trivia player mm. in the world. I mean, can we say one thing, in though? If you, in your heart, if you know that you're a proverbial tomato can, don't tweet at Sully and don't get involved. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of these it. people don't believe they're tomato cans, but the time factor is real. You rush and you can't always have instant recall when you know the clock's ticking. If I recall, Wes beat his opponents 12-2, to two, and uh, Greg has not said a word yet about this because he does despise the game. Well, I'm planning on <laughs> – I hope you can s- schedule the show for when I'm on vacation. No, That's we're going to make sure you're plan. That's the most important part of the show, to make sure you're suffering through it. I mean, again, a quiz show. It's 2015. <laughs> Is there any truth <laughs> to the rumor? No one can see the answers. Is there any truth to the rumor that you've taken someone under your wing and trying to basically well, bring them through the minor leagues as someone who can take me down? Long term, I, I do see myself potentially um, 
turning into a Don King-like character <laughs> where I can manage, make all the money, and ruin the sport. <laughs> I, I believe that. I believe all that. Uh, Sully, can we please uh, do some news? All right, we have not uh, been on the air, if you will, since last thir- uh, Thursday. So uh, one big bit of news that went down on Friday we should talk about. 40, the 49ers have lost another important player uh, in a sudden fashion. Right tackle Anthony Davis announced Friday that he won't play in 2015. He released a statement. After a few years of thought, I've decided it will be best for me to take a year or so away from the NFL. This will be a time for me to allow my brain and body a chance to heal. Davis, just 25 has started 71 games and five NFL seasons. Greg, we'll start with you. It just never ends with the Niners. What does this loss mean to that offensive line? I think Anthony Davis was a solid NFL starter. Maybe he wasn't coming off his best season. Good run blocker. But what West pointed out in the piece when he retired, which, which hit home, they only have two starters left off the offensive line that was in the Super Bowl. And that offensive line along with their defensive line, I think established the identity of what that team was, which was a tough team that pushed you around up front, and that team really doesn't exist anymore. This is a different 49ers team. They drafted Anthony Davis and Mike Upati in the first round of the same draft. Both of those guys are now gone, and you could say they were the backbone of, of the best offensive, in the lo- offensive line in the league two years ago. The 49ers said what they thought of Anthony Davis two years ago. They gave him a $39 million contract with, I think, $17 million guaranteed, so that's not top tackle money, but it's in that next tier of a first-round pick that's basically lived up to his billing, and now he's just gone out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, and even two years ago, you could still look at the 49ers, and that offensive line was exactly, that was their beating heart, and they also had Frank Gore running the football. I mean, this team at this point, they've lost so many players that the logic is they're going to be less fun to watch, and they will be, but they're ultimately fascinating to me right now Mm. because of all the moving and changing parts, and it starts with the head coach, that I think none of us know what's going to happen. If Tom Sula gets off to a rough start, where are the leaders on that team? Who's going to buy in? It could get ugly. I think Tom Sula expected the roster to be different, but I'm not sure he expected Willis, Borland, and Davis to retire. I no. mean, since no, March, he didn't expect any of them to retire. Since March, they've lost, by my count, 20 Pro Bowls and over 1,000 NFL starts. Yikes. Nothing's – there's no – if someone can come up with a team similar – to the 49ers in terms of what they've lost in an offseason to retirements, to surprise retirements. I can't imagine this has ever happened before. Justin Smith, that's not a shock, although that is a big loss to them in terms of leadership. But the other three guys, it's insane for that to all drop on one team in one offseason. We haven't had surprise retirements like this in an NFL offseason before. Well, and it's weird, too, because he might be coming back. He said in his statement he wants to give a year or two to clear his head and his body, and maybe he'll be back. And he'll be back with the 49ers. They'll own his rights. It once again reaffirms my belief that poor Jim Tomsula got airlifted onto the Titanic after it hit the iceberg. He's in trouble. He feels that way. Terrible spot. In a way, their expectations are so low right now. And, you know, he's got a chance. It, it, everyone thinks they're going to go 3-13. and 13, four. What, what if they rip off nine wins? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Tom Sula has another opportunity to take a whole offseason and change what we think about. Well, let's not forget Jim Harbaugh was a huge disappointment last year. At least that team was a huge disappointment, winning only eight games. If Tom Sula somehow wins seven games, people would be happy with him. That's what at saved Rex Ryan's job with the Jets two years ago. If, you, if he goes 500, he gets a second year. Right. Literally, unless he has a terrible relationship with management or the players or something like that. Plus, they also you know, lost, uh, I really think, the key piece to the whole thing this weekend. Andy Lee, Pro Bowl punter to your Browns, Sessler. They're picking up punter The missing trade. piece. While other teams are asleep at the wheel, Cleveland is just improving. <laughs> Can we call these retirements a trend, or do we have to wait a few years to kind of figure out what's going on? I think we need to wait. I mean, what ages in San Francisco? The whole off season or just the 49ers? I think, I think it, the whole off season. I, I you throw in Jason Worlds and Jake Locker. I think you can call it some yeah, a bit of a trend. I don't think with the 49ers, when Tom Sula said you have to look at each one of these situations one by one, I think that was fair. Willis was going to retire regardless. Smith was going to retire regardless. Borland, he seemed like he had a really strong, almost political stance to make about head injuries. Davis it seems somewhere in between. I have a theory on this. All right. I think around the 1980s, you started to see the audience change for the NFL. It used to be in the 50s and 60s that coal miners and steel workers were watching coal miners and steel workers play football. And by the 1980s, you've got 
a different audience, more suburban, watching millionaires play football. And now we have players who have other options and don't need the game as much. I think whereas the audience changed in the 1980s, now the players have changed. You don't have coal miners and steel workers playing football anymore. That makes total sense. And on top of it, if there's not been, there's been a total rush of new information about head injuries and what it's meant in the past. Oh, absolutely. So. Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Giants are taking it very uh, conservative with Odell Beckham Jr., their great second-year wide receiver who uh, dealt with the right hamstring uh, injury last season that kept him out until uh, the fifth week, uh, fifth game of the season for the Giants. Now he has a left hamstring injury, uh, is not participating in OTAs this week, did not participate last week. Per- Kim Jones, NFL Media's Kim Jones reports he probably won't participate in minicamp next week, and they're going to hold him off until training camp. Uh, Mark, do you have any reason, I know we, we don't know how serious these injuries are, but does it scare you a little bit? that Odell Beckham is dealing all of a sudden with a hamstring injury again this summer and what it might mean for uh, his season. Not even in the slightest Mm. (laughs) because it's far too early to care, number one. This is the time to be absolutely cautious with your best player and maybe the best player to come around in a long time. And last year, you know, that that became a very serious hamstring injury. There's no indication that this is of that same nature. Well, there was no indication at this point last year it was so serious. It was just this thing that kept dragging on. Oh, he'll be back in June. He'll be back in July. He'll to the other leg this time. To the other leg this time, and everyone associated with the Giants has said it's not serious at all, but three months removed from the season, or three months until the season, why even bother risking it? I in agree. A meaningless offseason. They're playing it the right way. Let me ask you a question. Let's say you, you have a football team, and you knew that you could have Odell Beckham for the next five years, but he could never start the season until week five. <laughs> I'd take him in a second. Oh, yeah. yeah. Unless those injuries eventually take a toll on him physically. Sure. He loses some bursts, but yeah. It's a concern if he misses right five. You know, it, it, it's a concern if it starts stretching into the regular season again. Odell Beckham was one of the best players in the, uh, the league last year, but he wasn't available for a huge chunk I'll, of it. I'd be concerned if he's not ready to start training camp. Hmm. I mean, yeah, not I think terribly that's concerned, when, but yeah. that's when it will get my attention. Yeah. This one, like right now, I'm not even worried. Uh, about. Kim Jones also reported that Victor Cruz also not taking part in OTAs. Uh, he's working his way back from knee surgery. They hope to have him, best case scenario, back for the start of training camp. Uh, so if you get those two guys healthy, that's a pretty damn good one-two punch. I'm a little, not that I consider myself an injury expert, but <laughs> I, I'd be a little surprised if what? Cruz is the same guy. Um, I, I would be surprised. If cruises. Yeah, the nature of that injury, I, I don't know. We'll yeah. i got news for you. Cole Beasley and Odell Beckham would be a great one-two punch. Mm. It doesn't matter who you put next to Odell Beckham. Random Cole Beasley shot. <laughs> <laughs> or Cole. Uh, all right, moving on. So the Chargers did some business officially on Tuesday. They uh, agreed to a multi-year deal with uh, Corey Legit, uh, their defensive end, a first-round pick in the 2011 draft. It's a... $50 million deal worth over five years, $30 million guaranteed, according to Rap Sheet. So San Diego took care of its uh, first-round pick in 2011. The New York Jets, not the same situation. The 30th overall pick in 2011 is Mark Muhammad Wilkerson. Yes, yeah, sorry, I was completely in another place, but gotcha. you're right. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, who showed up for the start of Jets minicamp on Tuesday, but still unhappy, does not have a deal, and everything... Everything got uh, complicated in terms of his situation by the arrival of Lenny Williams, the uh, the sixth overall pick. He's so, already Lenny. <laughs> Lenny. I call him Lenny. I was Lenny. like, who is that? <laughs> He's a friend of mine. Sounds like a comedian. Yeah. Uh, Lenny Williams. Could be. Could be. So anyway, Mo Wilkerson, he's in camp, but he did not promise that he'd be there for training camp. Mark, or uh, Greg, you worried if no. you're a Jets fan? Well, I know you're, I'm you not you worried at all. Who cares about <laughs> Muhammad Wilkerson? No, he's going to show up. He – showed up for mandatory minicamp because he didn't want to lose the $60,000, so I don't think he's going to skip training camp. He said the money didn't matter. Are you calling Mo Wilkerson a liar, Ian Greg? Rap- Ian Rapport thought it was a big part oh. of the equation in terms of okay. why he came, and he's basically handling the holdout exactly how, if you're going to hold out, you want your players to do it. He's going to skip the, the voluntary stuff, why bother, and come to the mandatory. I do think that this contract makes it more difficult for him, though, because if Corey Legit's worth $30 million guaranteed, and five years, $50 million. Muhammad Wilkerson's worth more than that. He's a way better player than legit. That's what I mean. Were you a little surprised at the legit money yes, there? Yes, I was. If, and also, watching, that was our team of ATL last year, and I struggle on San Diego's defense. And, Wes, we talked about this downstairs. What's to like? 
What, I like Corey what, legit. Yeah, but what players do you latch on to and say, he I never shows like, up on film? I've got a big Jason Verrett poster up in my house. I, see, oh, now that's one guy I do like on their defense. I like legit. I mean, he's a good player. I think John Gruden, you remember how he used to talk about Brett Favre? He's made a lot of people money over the years. He's made you know assistant coaches' houses. I think John Gruden made Corey legit some money because he had a monster Monday night football game, and John Gruden would not be quiet about how incredible Corey legit was. And then suddenly – here he is getting stars. Well, we stars. were downstairs trying to figure out how to pronounce his last name. So I mean, he's not made the impact it, something. We got it right. It's legit. That's legit. That was. But you need to. Act, that was tactically really Legit. <laughs> That's not French. Uh, by the way, I think Lenny Williams, uh, the Jets rookie, if he blows up in year one. <laughs> this is not going to catch on. It's way. happening. If if he blows up in year one, the Jets might. Be like, well, do we? They love Mo Wilkerson, but if they they they're happy with their defensive line and Leonard Williams looks great, they might spend their money elsewhere. Yeah, right? they 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 put themselves in a great bargaining place. Not only was it a great pick, they never thought they'd get him where they got him in the draft. You don't have to pay Wilkerson if you don't want to. When do you think Wilkerson will realize? Will it dawn on him that he has not a modicum of leverage here? I think he and has. And this entire know. thing is uh, uh, fruitless. I think I about know. this he's morning a, at 8 a.m. He's a great <laughs> NFL player. Those guys always have leverage. He's going to get paid monster dollars from but some the Jets teams. it don't have to do anything Fine, because they drafted the Lenny Williams. So worst case scenario, then you get 31 other teams so fighting if you, over you. Right. In which case, wouldn't you want to put in a good offseason and be, be a better player this year? I don't know. I guess I'm – Still not convinced not showing up for ATA, OTAs hurts you in any way. Right, right if fair. he starts from here and goes on out, he'll be fine. All right, this next portion of news I call graying quarterbacks with knee problems. Okay. Catchy. Kind of set, it sets the table for what we're going to talk about. I don't think we're going to get a sponsor for that. <laughs> ah, you know, <laughs> listen, not, wait until the whole segment's done before you make any decisions on that. Carson Palmer, he blew out his knee, of course, uh, last November. Uh, for the second time, he is now said to be 100% entering Cards minicamp. Uh, the team is very happy about it, and uh, they said that uh, Bruce Arians said that Palmer was cutting it loose, uh, no restrictions. Uh, so that is very good news for a quarterback that's not a young guy. So they they're very happy about his progress. Meanwhile, Sam Bradford, who Wes uh, last week, I think some beat reporters said that Bradford's mobility was at what level? What did they compare it to? A uh, jugs machine. A jugs machine, which is a stable <laughs> uh, a device that shoots footballs, doesn't move. So what they were saying there, Mark, nope. was that the, he wasn't moving well. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, Sam Bradford, uh, who blew out his knee for the second time last summer, uh, now moving a little better this week in uh, OTAs and spinning it a little bit, and they're, they're a little more excited. So old graying dudes, bad knees. Your thoughts, Greg? Sam Bradford's like 10 years younger than anybody. Yeah, is in he Grain? Come on, Subway. Give <laughs> us the money. <laughs> is he Grain? I don't know. Carson Palmer? I am. I was shocked that he declared himself 100%. It's only been, what, six and a half, seven months? Well, the, the right. doctors at least said he can do everything. I don't know if that means he's 100%. Our researchers uh, today in our uh, morning meeting, you guys love going to meetings. Oh, yeah, nothing. Anytime we can. They broke out uh, a stat of the last six guys to come back, you know, big-time starting quarterbacks from their ACLs. Not one of them had a better record the season after coming back from ACLs. And really, the best case of all of those guys was probably Tom Brady, who was still clearly diminished. Struggling. So even in a best-case scenario, you're probably getting 80% of 2014 Carson Palmer. Well, and the fact that, though, that Palmer's injury happened so much after Bradford's and Bradford's still in the state he is. We asked this a couple podcasts ago, what happens to a quarterback coming off two major knee injuries? We don't have a track record for this. Yeah, I think the fact that Bradford's happened back-to-back with, you know, so quickly. And Palmer's, the last time Palmer tore his ACL, it was the worst tear you could possibly have. Mm-hmm. I think it was a grade four. And this the one, first time. Yeah. Yeah. And this one was like the easiest tear, so it's no surprise to me that he came back a lot quicker. But um, I think he Bradford's dealing with a much different injury. Oh yeah, nothing says the NFL is owning the sports landscape as that we get weekly updates on you know what you know mechanical device Sam Bradford looks like <laughs> that week. Like, like last week was Jugs seen this week. I don't know. Well, at least we're not hearing about the music at Eagles practice anymore. We've well, gotten beyond that. Personal yeah. smoothies. Personal smoothies. Remote controlled cars. The genius always on top of his game. Uh, speaking of geniuses, Greg, uh, Bill Belichick has decided, I don't want Brandon Spikes on my team. Again, he said it again after 
after the team released Spikes less than a month into a reunion with his team. This happened after Spikes' car was found on a uh, uh, Foxborough highway, uh, left abandoned. He had called OnStar, or the driver of the car, I should say, called OnStar, said they had hit a deer. The police came, saw no deer, saw some damage to the front end. And then nearby, uh, this car belonging to Spikes was a, a family whose car had been hit in a hit and run. No charges filed or anything, but the, that was enough that Spikes' car was involved or what they know that maybe we don't know. They don't want anything to do with him. Of course, Spikes' previous engagement with the team ended in acrimony. So now, Greg, a nice inside linebacker. Guys, nice run stuffer. The throne of ease loses him because he, you know, he didn't call Uber potentially. Well, they, they only got a 25000 gave him a $25,000 signing bonus. Which I'll take me, it. Which to me is a financial way of saying you're on a short leash, Spikes. Oh, oh give whoa. me a break. Oh, no. <laughs> I hear oh, clouds roll in the throne of ease. There's some disorder in the skies. Those little well, terror boys with the fruit. I think they did just fine with cover. their season without Brandon Spikes last year. But it is a injury-plagued right, so. uh, division. I mean, uh, position right now for them. Dante Hautauer is coming off. Uh, an injury, he might not be ready for training camp. Gerard Mayo's coming off a very serious knee injury. So Spikes would have helped them. The only reason Spikes was signed was because those guys were coming off injury. He would have helped them. He though. was insurance. Right now you got Dane Fletcher in the mix. If this was oh, 19, Dano. If this was 1986, Spikes would still be on the roster. That's true. He because off-the-field concerns weren't as big of a problem and because two down run thumpers were great in 1986, but the game's changed. Brandon Spikes isn't that valuable anymore. Well, and if the police investigation proves him to be free of any issues, then New England, he's probably going to still be available. They can call him right back up. If they but want. no one no one was going after Brandon Spikes as a free agent anyways because of what you said. He doesn't fit in today's NFL. I mean, if he was in 1975, he might be a pro bowler yeah. because because he's really good at stopping the run and just like running in straight into people. But that, that doesn't really matter anymore. Greg doesn't strike me as terribly worried here. <laughs> Spikes. What would happen, though? Like I do. I liked Spikes because he's one of the only Patriots they ever drafted that was any good that didn't care what Bill Belichick said and just would pop off. You know, it's fun to have. Yeah, it worked out well. It's not great for job security. <laughs> it is a little weird, though, that they acted on this without anything official coming from the police. It's like there's zero tolerance, and then there's, like, sub-zero tolerance. It could have been, like – it could have been Spikes' friend Rufus that went joyriding around Gillette Stadium. You don't know. We well, don't know. This is a team that's been in the news just as much as they'd like to this offseason. So. I, I think they probably told Spikes when they signed him, you say, you say anything, you do anything, whatever, this is going to be a short stay here. He was just kind of And no issues with OnStar, please. <laughs> Who that's, uses OnStar? Anymore? I don't know. feels like it's from seven years ago. All right, gentlemen. So Brandon Spikes, out of a job, back on the street which got us all thinking, you know, there's some veterans out there right now that maybe uh, you can make a very strong argument that they should be in someone's camp right now getting ready for the season. Not always the case. Sometimes it's hard to get a job. We've all been, we've all been there. Job market sometimes dries up. Listen to a Bruce Springsteen song. All right, you're right. It happens. <laughs> so this is our chance now to each pick a player. I once veteran. delivered strawberries for a living. Guy delivered strawberries. That could be your next job. <laughs> I delivered pizzas right before Greg hired me. Well, I got hired to deliver pizzas and I delivered pizzas too. I didn't yeah. deliver a single <laughs> Sorry. pizza. No, Sorry, it's fine. Totally off the I, I knew these stories, but maybe <laughs> the audience didn't know them. So let's all pick one veteran player that is currently out of work, unemployed, in a segment we like to call, Give This Man a Job. Ron, I've got to fire you. Well, I've got to fire you. Bing, boom, boom. <laughs> I like the other one better. Sully. I wasn't fired from my job. I was laid off. Yeah. You wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> All right, so we'll start with – I mean, you got to start with the boss, Greg Rosenthal. Uh, why don't you give us a veteran out there that deserves a job? Put him in camp somewhere. The easiest game we've ever played because there's three different reasons why I want Pierre Thomas to get a job. Number one, we had a, uh, a little sandwich proposition in terms of the guaranteed money yes, of our Greg top – running backs available this offseason, and I need one more of those players to sign to win the sandwich. Mm -hmm. But taking away that, who's the best screen pass catcher of the last 10 years? <laughs> I'll, just, I'll ask another scientist. Who do you think? Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas. The great Walter Payton. No. four point oh. nine. Green was really good. 4.9 yards per carry last year. That sounds like a pretty good number. 55 targets, 45 catches last year. Eight yards per catch. What's not to like? Pierre Thomas... He's not going to start at running back for you, but everyone needs a Well, there's something going on. There's 32 teams not liking him enough right now. Well, it's called ageism. Is it? And uh, in the old U.S. of A, that's illegal. 
<laughs> you know, this guy could play. It's totally he, legal in the you NFL. You know, he does have a spot on one roster. What spot is that? Dan Hans is his own L.A. Graybeards. One <laughs> oh, of the starting right. running backs. Exactly. So if you, you're basically admitting that Pierre Thomas. How do you know I'm not muckraking behind the scenes to keep him off a roster so I can win a sandwich off you? I think at this point, the statue, the sandwich of limitations is running out right now. Uh-huh. And I think you might just have to get that sandwich. So it's, we could call it a wash with it, the entourage? It's mis- for me? It's mi- middle of June. Now I only owe you 17 sandwiches. Seriously, though, this is a great role player. It's the exact type of guy, someone who couldn't be more popular in New Orleans in the locker room. I, I mean, I am kind of confounded why he doesn't have a job. All right, that's hmm. a good one. Must be something going on. Something's cooking, Mark. Uh, I will throw a quarterback out there, Michael Vick. Now, let me tell you something about Michael Vick. Watched him every snap last year with the Jets. And this is what happens. And West, one of your uh, famous Wessism, you know, it's about the game, not the name. Michael Vick put bad tape out there last year. And to to compound matters, he also admitted after a blowout loss to the Chargers that he wasn't prepared to go into a game. And I think that's hurting him now. He's still he's about to turn 35, so he's older, but he's not ancient. He did show at times last year that he still had some athleticism. He obviously knows how to to absorb a playbook. He knows. Uh, he's won big games in his career. So there's plenty of reasons to suggest that he deserves to be in a camp somewhere fighting for a job when there are guys like Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett fighting for starting jobs. Michael Vick probably deserves to be fighting for a two job, uh, and yet he's not. So, uh, you know, he's still – he's you know, you see him pop up at charity golf events now and then right now, and he always says, oh, I could still be a starter. That's not going to happen. But – he deserves to be in a camp and might take an injury for it to happen, but it hasn't. But I think yet. that's one reason that maybe teams aren't running after to sign Michael Vick. I think plenty of defenses coaches still admire what he can do to an opponent uh, in theory. He didn't do that last year, but also it's every month it's I'm going to be a starter. I can still be a starter. This isn't the guy you want to bring in to mentor someone just for the reason you said last year when they put him on the field. He's like, I didn't prepare. Well, what are you right. telling the rest of your quarterback room when you're this and savvy veteran that that's not Vick even preparing? The explosive Michael Vick is gone. It's kind of like a player like Brandon Spikes who has off-field issues. There's a sliding scale. And for someone to bring in Michael Vick and deal with him, maybe saying something in the media kind of wacky or whatever, <laughs> he has to be a certain amount of talent. He, that talent's not there he, anymore. He has reached the I'm Keith Hernandez stage of his career. <laughs> <laughs> because when the Jets tried to hold that phony uh, QB competition last summer, he was very open with all the beat writers of the Jets saying this is not a real competition. So he's not necessarily a great soldier in that sense. I could see why teams are scared off, but it is what it is. Wes, who are you vouching for right now? I think Ray Rice should get a job. I think oh. he messed up. I think any of us who have messed up in our lives, there's a difference between sorrow and remorse. And I think he's shown remorse. He is actually been forced to change the way he lives his life. Um, and I think he's he's done that. So when you have someone – we give second chances to people in the NFL and in America. He's someone who was a model citizen before last year. He's someone who deserves a second chance. And as Jane McManus of ESPNW today said that Ray Rice should come back in the NFL because who better than him to deliver the message against domestic violence to young people, specifically young athletes – that, you sh- that this is the wrong thing to do. All right. Well, okay. Maybe he's been contrite and done the right things, but can he still play? Yes. Couldn't I run the so ball last, the last year he played. He was it's one of a while now. He was, it's kind of like Vic. Vic put up two of the worst games any quarterback did in the league last year. Ray Rice put up probably the worst running back season the last time he was fully healthy. So it's just why bother? Your own saying, Wes. The game. Right. Not the name. And I judged his game that summer that he came back, as did John Harbaugh, who said he's showing the same burst he did the year before. He had lost weight. The 2013 season, we compared him to the kid with the snowsuit because that's the way he was running. He was a little overweight. He was going through a hip injury and a quad injury. He just wasn't the same guy, and then he was healthy again by the next summer. And I I saw him. He only had five preseason carries, but he looked like the same Ray Rice to me then. Yeah. And I think he can help a team. He talked about in an offseason article what that injury, that fleet of injuries, what he was dealing with. And it's not a surprise that he looked the way he did two seasons ago. And what about a team like Dallas where you got an owner that says, we've taken a number of players and rehabilitated them or given that second chance. That's a need in the Dallas. That may end up being someone who has a chance down the road. That, that's the type of team it's going to take where an owner is making the decision because this is a decision that's going to go up to ownership. General right. managers who want to sign Ray Rice are going to have to clear it with the, with the big boss. That, that, yeah, that's like when Jeff Lurie got Michael Vick coming yep. off of prison. 
Mark Sessler, who you bring up. Right, well, you know, street. I came into work here Finish and found job. out that this, this man a job. I found out this seven was happening, and I said, I like to do Pierre Thomas. That sounds good. Well, the boss already has Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas has been my oh, favorite God. player for like 10 it's years. It's the first guy he ever Back wrote a blog off. about. How about this? How about Ahmad Bradshaw? <laughs> now, there's right, the positive right. side. Last three seasons, 4.6, 4.5, and 4.7 yards per carry. I think he looked like Indianapolis's best running back for periods of time. The problem is week 11 broken leg. So I'm not, I'm not trying to sell you a bill of goods here, <laughs> but he's going to need time to get healthy. If he's, ever, he's 29, he's not getting younger. But if he can come back and he is healthy at some point, I like Bradshaw as much as any if running you, back on this list. If you need a running back for five weeks – Ahmad Bradshaw's your guy. Yeah, well, they know. sign him like on Christmas Day, and then if <laughs> right. you're in the playoffs, you roll with him, and then his foot. Blows Again, up. it's you're not joking. it's not a perfect narrative, but yeah. you know he's joking. But there's value in that. There is value sure. in a running back you can get for five weeks. Maybe he's a guy you sign after week one when the contracts aren't guaranteed anymore. But if you can have someone that can step in like Bradshaw and look like a starter for a month, and then he gets hurt. Well, maybe when the Raiders find out that Trent Richardson is over. They bring in Bradshaw just like the Colts did. Well, if he's about like that. That, that his career path is basically to just <laughs> replace T-Rich wherever he goes. It makes sense. Though. If he's healthy and has kept himself in shape, which are two big ifs for any player who doesn't have a job in the NFL. I mean, a lot of them don't keep themselves in shape. I think 100% he'll have a job at some point during the season. I agree. Of this entire list, he's the one I'd be most confident in actually gets a job. I think Thomas. Sounds like too. I picked well. Vic, Vic, I don't know. I think Vic might be done. Well, let's let a final takeaway. Three running backs. I chose a different position. <laughs> I iconoclast. I think that, that's, I think that's, that's the, the takeaway. At this exercise, you failed to some degree, but there's more to the show. We'll, we'll keep going. All right, we, let's move on. <laughs> that was my takeaway from that entire segment. Dan likes to give well. himself nicknames. He likes to call himself <laughs> iconoclast. How's how's the what is your name? The old big Zeuser. <laughs> guy the old mouse the old uh, rich daddy it, well there's you know daddy rich how's that catching on people just around the <laughs> office just listeners calling in no, the, the old zeuser is on fire on twitter the old that's, that's, the one, that's not the one you chose though. <laughs> daddy rich does i not i let the people cho- choose and of course the wonderful Lindsay rhodes that's true uh she went with daddy rich but we're rolling with old zeuser and that's that's where it is right now <laughs> you know, get off my back all right the old mouse all right before we get into our, our finer final discussion uh, of the day, I just want to check in with TD, our producer, who's in Nigeria, perhaps England, uh, multiple weddings uh, with his family right now. I said uh, last show that just to just to see if he's listening, because I, you know, as the producer of the show, he should probably still be plugged in and, and listening. You think the so? Right. He's, got, he's like traveling around the world. He could be listening on a on a in a car ride or or on a plane. Uh, so I said I'm going to throw a magic word out there, a secret password, and if he's listening, he just could tweet it at me. Email, whatever. Call me and tell me. Text me, which was of course Ed Begley Jr. Didn't hear a thing, so maybe this show he will. This is the, this is the secret password for TD. Are you listening to our show? <laughs> Heard happily. Issue number one is the first issue we're going to talk about. Of course, the fictitious TV anchorman of Pawnee, Indiana, and Parks and Rec. So, Heard happily is the secret word, secret phrase, mm. secret name. Have TD. you heard with Heard? TD, come on, we need you, baby. Did Hansis win the MVP last show for this running bit? I like yes, this he did. Bit. Sully is oh. not. He's okay. not allowed Maybe to you don't give win away it. MVP. So, yeah, no. TD did not like that Sully was even doing it in the interim. The, the, but I'll take it. The Sully's most valuable player, not not the the whole shows. Yeah, oh. it's a different property entirely. <laughs> exactly. It's like winning the CFL MVP. All right. Hey, I'll take I'll take it. <laughs> Before still, we go, still playing ball. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it. Uh, it's it's the game we like to call. Yes, it's a game where each of us, we go around the horn here. Uh, no connection to the ESPN show of the same name. We go around the horn <laughs> and we each lay out. And this is going to be the OTAs edition. So everything should be connected to organized team activities or mini camps, something that we've Some seen. Story so line. Some storyline. Some storyline, okay. Each of us uh, lay out two options and then we debate it. So, again, uh, again, the Greg, the boss they call him, also the Greg. Why don't you get us going? With a what's more like? I'm going to choose a simple one. It's been a topic around here, but it's been a two-man topic, and I want it to become a four-man topic. Okay. A lot of writers in Dallas say Joseph Randall. He looks the best out of those Cowboys running backs right now that they think he's going to be the starter in week one. So I just want to throw it out to everyone. I know Wes's answer here. What's more likely, Joseph Randall starts week one or Darren McFadden starts week one? 
I'm going to go Joseph Randall. Thank you, Mark. Smart. That seemed thought out. <laughs> or you were caught off guard and then hesitated, then answered. Well, I could tell where the boss was going, and I was going to go in the same direction. <laughs> Very smart, man. Well, you got anything, you know, why? Why not? Because <laughs> Darren McFadden's your competition, and he's exactly. the most overhyped player there in the NFL go. right now. I got a feeling Chris Wessling is going to disagree. Greg's already said that we already know my answer. Well, maybe, maybe yeah, you well, change your mind. There oh. had, you have to be a little more worried. Now we've had a few weeks of practices, and uh, the writers <laughs> – it doesn't seem like McFadden is first in line. For the, You better watch out for Lance Dunbar. For the 17th Nipping time in. today, I will point out that it's June 9th. <laughs> None of this means anything. <laughs> McFadden, I think it's Randall too because he showed a lot last year. He showed when he got the ball that he could do things and, and – Get, get some positive yardage. We haven't seen that since, from Darren McFadden in literally years. So I, I think Randall's the favorite. Uh, you know, again, evaluate the game. You know, not the name. Not that Joseph Randall has a name, but McFadden surely hasn't been the guy we thought he was going to be years ago. So I think Randall stands a better chance. Still think they should have got another running back, a better running back this season, and, and it will haunt them. Well, they did just bring in – who did they bring in? Oh, they brought in uh, Daniel Thomas – and That's Greg's boy. And uh, the unstoppable, the great, oh, who was it? I wrote the story. I should remember. Uh, I know. I'm speaking. Oh, Greg, ben, Tate. Greg is, ben Tate. Yeah, Ben Tate. Sorry. Greg is faster than Daniel Thomas. All right, let's go. What's more likely? Okay, Joe Flacco said uh, this week that he imagines, he joined the trope club. He imagines that he'll play till age 40. <laughs> He's the latest guy uh, we got now. Uh, we have... Tom Brady, of course, Drew Brees. Now Joe Flacco, who just turned 30, thinks he could play till 40. So I ask you, what's more likely? Joe Flacco plays at age 40 or Robert Griffin III plays at age 30? <laughs> How old is RG3 right now? I believe he's about 26, but I'll double check, 25 or 26. This is a good one. I'll give you the age. Hang on. I got to go with RG3 regardless of the age. But I'll let you. Uh... He's 25. He just turned 25 in February. So he's a, he's a young mm. guy. He's a kid. So five years from now. I gotta go RG3. Even though Joe Flacco does seem like one of those guys that just will last forever and maybe change teams a few or times. Or be like a, a really good backup to yeah. have. I could yeah. see him in that role yep. for sure. I I still will go RG3 because I think there's a great great chance he's still playing at 30. I know things are going poorly, but I don't think he's gonna be out of the league. I don't think he's gonna have a a Vince Young type career. I'll say RG3 just because of his rookie year. I think it's going to keep buying him chances. Really? I feel like he's almost used up all of that rope if it hasn't I, happened already. I feel like McLuhan got to the Redskins in January, and the first thing he talked about at his first press conference was RG3's rookie year, and you just can't give up on quarterbacks who, sh who showed on film what RG3 showed. I'm going to go Flacco because, number one, he's shown that he's been incredibly durable. Never missed a game. Never missed a game, and I think he's, he's undersold on that front. Five years is a long time for RG3 to do further damage to himself if he doesn't become a capable starter. Uh, and, I, and when it comes to who would you rather work with as a backup, I think most people are going Flacco than RG3, who's been a drama magnet from the minute he got to Washington. What's more likely? Wes? Well, we know the Bills have opened their quarterback position to competition. A lot of people don't know that the Eagles have as well. Chip Kelly has mm. said this is an open Tasty. competition. What's more likely? Mark Sanchez, who the beat writers have all said looks much better this year than last year, starts week one, or Matt Castle does not start week one for the Bills? Hmm. <laughs> That's a good one. That's I had good. a Bradford one, too. You, I think got, you taught me. I'm not buying into the, to the Tyrod Taylor stuff. I think that Tyrod Taylor, I, I think that Castle... They brought him in to be this this bridge guy until they figure out the position, and I'm not I have not been convinced that's not going to happen. Uh, so I think that he has a better chance of, of starting Week One mm. than Bradford, who seems like we just got the report he's moving a little better. It is June 9th, so he still has plenty of time to get even beyond Jug's machine, beyond remote control car. He can get even better. I uh, the problem for Tyrod Taylor and Mark Sanchez is that real games are going to happen at some point. Isn't that a problem for Matt Castle as well? Yes, it is. It's a problem for all. I mean, anything could happen here, but the option of Sanchez starting week one, I'm going to go with that because I just don't really trust that Bradford is going to be healthy in time. Well, that, that's really the key here. As you said, Sanchez starting or anyone but Castle. So it could be Manuel 
or right. Tails. Be manual. Now I happen to think there's a good chance Castle starts, but I also am starting to think there's a good chance Sanchez starts. I don't think it's that crazy. Not only could Bradford not be healthy enough to start, but Sanchez could just look good, and then you could just see a scenario where they play Sanchez early, saying they're giving Bradford more time, sure. and then they can pull the plug on him a lot easier. Oh, I like it. Greg turns his back on Matt Castle. Wow, I did not. For the first time in Matt Castle's 11-year career, Greg Rosenthal is not in his corner. (laughs) (laughs) Stunner, Mark. All right, Florham Park, New York. (laughs) Oh God, are we doing this? No, no, no. This is different than Qualis Two Fantasia. You asked. No, I love it. Set it it up. I love it. Mine are terrible. You no. This is actually you're overselling this. I just was taking us to where we are. Florham Park. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. Brandon Marshall, Geno Smith, they've been living together in Geno's house. I love it. It's a great off-season thing. You know, they do the dishes together. They watch a little House of Cards on Netflix. They're drinking cups of sleepy time tea Mm -hmm. after practice. These two are pals. So what is more likely, Brandon Marshall and Geno Smith pair up for 100-plus receptions, or Marshall moves out of Geno Smith's house and talks tabloid fireball trash about the shaky passer by week six? You got me there with the rope-a-dope. Very good what's more likely. Well, ponder your answer. <laughs> well, what you're saying means if Brandon Marshall is going to catch 100 Geno Smith passes, uh, excuse me, the other way around, Geno Smith, I can't talk. They will combine four. They're going to yeah. combine yeah. four. Geno Smith probably has to start 16 games and are close to it. And that's part of it. That I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm going with Geno Smith and Brandon Marshall make some sweet magic in Chan Gailey's short passing offense. A lot of those love it. bubble screens or whatever you want to call them. You know, just short passes. That's what we're focusing on here. Brandon Marshall, he's always a mensch in year one. He's not going to talk trash about That's the Jets true. until next year. So what's the second option? They move out? Well, a, well they're the, definitely the, moving out. The house arrangement is... It, you know, it ends quicker than that than not because of the play on the field, and Marshall's talking trash about Geno by week six. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that they're going to be living together all season. I think this is a— Well, that tells you that they're not quite the two friends you thought they were. Brandon Marshall's married. They're both millionaires. <laughs> yeah. It all right. seems like a, hey, I just moved to town. It's going to, you know, <laughs> I'm looking for a place. We'll get it for the season type of thing. I, I think— I don't trust Geno Smith to play 16 games. I Either think he's going to find himself being benched because his decision-making is bad enough. Did you did you answer it, Kansas? Uh, did I? I don't remember. Oh, no, I didn't really answer it. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is definitely going to start at least four games for this team, so there's no way that there will be 100 catches from Brandon Marshall, coming at least coming directly from Geno Smith. What's more likely? All right. This is all about your boys for the scientists. Greg, your boy, Frank Gore, runs for over 1,250 yards. That would be the second highest total of his career. Or, Wes, yeah boy, Odell Beckham surpasses his 2014 receiving total, uh, which was 1,305 yards in 12 games. Now, keep in mind, Frank Gore this week has said, I've never seen six men in the box. I'm going to have a lot of running room. And you know the Colts are going to try to run the ball. 1,250 for Gore, over 1,300 for Beckham. This one's easy. Unless Beckham gets hurt, I guarantee you he does better than he did last year. What's a big unless? Exactly. He is hurt. Right. Well, it's June. But he could get hurt again. Say right? that for well, any is. player in the NFL. He was hurt last year, and he was hurt right now. It's a now. contact sport. If any player doesn't get hurt, they'll do it. I go Beckham, too, because I don't think the Colts need Frank Gore to do that. Where the Niners certainly did, and he was the centerpiece year after year. I, I don't think that's how that offense is going to play out. He'll he doesn't need close. a ton of carries to get to 1,200 He'll yards. get close, but I'm going to go Beckham just because of where the two are in their career right Gore now. Gore doesn't have breakaway ability anymore either. It's harder to get to 1,250 yards when you aren't getting 50 or 60-yard runs. Greg? i, I got to go with the inconvenient truth. I can't, I can't smite Frank Gore and Matt Castle in the same <laughs> show. Beckham just seems like if he misses five games again, it would be tough to repeat the season he had last year. If Gore misses five games, he won't get 1,000 yards. That's fair. I think I think Gore is in such a beautiful situation there that he just has to do kind of what he's been doing. I do think they'll give him 300 carries. Then I think he's right. He's going to see plenty of room more than he has recently. What's more likely? Who's up, Greg? Sure. Go ahead, buddy. The two players I, I think that – have been hyped the most, or at least feel like, okay, we've got the big off-season addition. Jimmy Graham in Seattle. 
LaShawn McCoy over in Buffalo. Who's the guy? What's more likely? Jimmy Graham is inspiring what's gone wrong articles by midseason. Or <laughs> LaShawn McCoy's inspired what's gone wrong articles oh, by midseason. That's mid-season. a good one. See, Greg, you always doubt yourself with these games, but that is great for what's more likely. Thanks, Dan. I'm going to go LaShawn McCoy because, A, that's not a premier offensive line, and I'm not sure what they're going to ask them to do. They've got terrible issues at quarterback, potentially. And the Saint Gore, Jimmy Graham in, in, in Seattle is not unlike what, how I view Gore in Indianapolis. It's a great mm. matchup for Graham to be on a team that can run the ball that well. He'll have good spots. I think they're going to turn him into a red zone-type weapon. The whole thing could go bad, but I don't think it's going to go bad in Seattle. The Bills have to show me they can win games. I, I'm with Mark. I think that a healthy Jimmy Graham, when he's not playing through a serious injury, is unstoppable. Yeah. Remember the old whispers? Remember that? Yeah. The little thing good. we used to do? That was fun. Now the Saints, I feel like they've been sending out some whispers all off season. Just little little crumbs of, oh, you know, maybe Jimmy Graham isn't the player, the guy, the, I, the everything that you think he is. I and agree. That's freaking me out. I agree. He probably is not the best teammate in the NFL. LaShawn McCoy's shown himself to be a crazy person, though. <laughs> I will say, I will yeah. say good, that. He's good. Jumping off West. No, he's not. That's another one. Let me make that one yeah. point. LaShawn McCoy, people forget, wasn't a good player last year. Fair. Wasn't great. Um, jumping off West's previous point, I believe that I, I'm kind of. It's hard for me to make a, a judgment here because I'm partial or impartial. LaShawn McCoy is not on my S list right now. I don't like I don't like LaShawn McCoy's off season. He's kind of gotten under my skin. I didn't like the way he answered questions last week. I think he's come off as arrogant to me. Um, so I'm on Team Jimmy. Plus, I think that's probably more likely that he has a nice season. There won't be those stories. All right. What's more likely? Raiders linebacker Curtis Lofton recently called a bulked up Khalil Mack a monster. Dolphins linebacker Jelani Jenkins recently called rookie Devontae Parker an animal. <laughs> What's more likely, Mac plays like a monster or Parker plays like an animal uh, this season? Now, see, <laughs> if you really wanted to Sesslerize this post, you would have made it Khalil Mack <laughs> turns into a monster. Yeah. Or <laughs> Devontae Parker turns into an animal. Or who Which would, animal would Devontae would Parker turn into? A monster or an, an, or an animal. <laughs> well, that's basically what I mean. Yeah. No, but you asked a fair football question. I like that uh, question. Everything I hear, it sounds like Khalil Mack is on his way to superstar land, even though he's stuck with a, a crummy team. But uh, I see this as maybe being his breakout season to the point where, I don't know, not involved with making the leap. I'll be watching this from the outside, our series this season. Uh, but I would assume he's going to be on the list. He should be. Uh, he's going to have a monster year. I'm going with Khalil Mack. I think Mack showed us hints of what's to come last season. And so I'm going to go with a player that's already put it on tape. There you go. I, I'm Mack. going Mack, too. I, I do like Jack Del Rio arriving there and giving Mack some love over his old teammate Von Miller, unnecessarily making Von Miller mad. What's more likely? All right, Dan just mentioned making the leap. I did. That's one of the running series of the Around the NFL group. Starts in two weeks. Let's be honest. We can pretty it up all we want, but last year we swung and missed on way too many of these players. We're doing 20 this time around, correct, the boss? That's right. All right, so what is more likely? Around the NFL's making the leap series hits on at least 10 of 20 player predictions this year, or... The boss retires after the Super Bowl <laughs> to pursue a new career as a writer of adolescent mystery novels featuring a female teen gumshoe named Jenny Silver. <laughs> that definitely, some of the thematic elements that you named there can tie into some of Greg's work with Delaware, which was a lot of mm. it was about adolescent it would angst be and coming home work. of sorts for Greg. Yeah, <laughs> Jenny Silver. So, so a Jew, like myself. I'm not I don't know why that, I have to go there. That connection you seem to already be thinking about the story itself though. <laughs> not a bad idea. What was the first one? We hit I don't on remember the first 20 one. around or making the leap. Oh, what that's subjective. How do you know if you hit on Well, it? I think we can say last year that we certainly did not do that. Okay. I I just cuz I like the Greg one. I'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about the around. You know what? There should there's an addendum to this. Mark's power play when Greg decides to go right. Oh. Take over the around the NFL. Yeah, Always been cooking underneath. <laughs> maybe underneath this is everything. a setup. 
it's, it's always been. This in the, is one in of the mix. little kernels. No, Mark Mark starts, you know, leaving around the different NFL offices. Hey, you guys hear that uh, rumor that uh, Greg's really into the adolescent <laughs> teen fiction? Might want to be leaving soon. It's <laughs> like what the Saints are doing with Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Listen, it works. What's more likely? All right, let's do uh, one more quick round. Here we go. New Browns punter. Mm, Andy Lee. Andy Lee. Andy Lee. Wins Super Bowl MVP, or Chip Kelly releases Darren Sproles and signs Reese Witherspoon as his change of pace back. I think Chip Kelly's kind of unpredictable. I'll go with Reese Witherspoon is playing as an eagle because he probably knows something about her greatness that everyone else does mm. not know yet. Well, I disagree with Wes <laughs> because <laughs> Cleveland went out on a Saturday, like I said. All 31 <laughs> other teams just lazing around, sitting around, watching television shows. Cleveland – Sends a seventh-round pick from two years from now for a multiple Pro Bowl punter. That's what you do. That's how you get better. Super Bowl. I think you got to go Reese. She's a north-south runner. Kind of runner Chip likes. Hits it up in there. You know what I mean? Strong jawline. Between the tackles. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Did I just hear Super Bowl and Browns in the same? Oh. (laughs) Yes, you did, sir. So that seems crazy to you. Not to Reese Witherspoon. That's that's the least likely of (laughs) – all three. Wow. Cecil should just be happy that Sully doesn't know about the factory of sadness trap. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I just have to switch. All right. Not too late. Drops. Just go. It's too late. What's more likely? Somebody throw one out there. All right. Titans wide receivers coach Sean Jefferson said that Marcus Mariota has been deadly accurate at OTAs, adding that he is giddy about the rookie. So Marcus Mariota throws 20-plus touchdown passes next season as a rookie, or Jameis Winston leads the NFL in interceptions? I think it's mm. I think it's very likely that Jameis Winston leads the NFL in interceptions. So I'll take that one. I strongly disagree. I think they're both very possible. But Derek Carr threw 20 touchdowns. Heck, Marcus Mariota can do it. I mean, I, I think that's that's a better chance of happening. Go Mariota. N- nice use of heck. Well, it's going <laughs> to say something. Bringing it back. I would go with Mariota only because you don't know how craptastic all the other quarterbacks in the NFL will be. Uh, so there could, you know, somebody could be lurking out there uh, to throw 35 interceptions. Mm-hmm. You never know. Well, I don't think anyone be... threw more than 18 last year. Josh McCown's going to be a starting job, have a job all year. That will be fine. That no would, one's that thrown was... for 35 since Testaverde did in the mid-'80s. If, if 18 was the league leader last year, that, seems, that has to be low because Winston's going to throw at least 20, I would think. Anyway, I, I think that Mariota will probably do some things, so I'm going to say, sure, why not? Mark's Mariota. Anybody got one else? Or are we done? All right, one more. Last one. Here we go, Chris What's Wilson. more likely? Got a rookie wide receiver showdown here. What's more likely? Brashad Perriman leads the Ravens in receiving yards or Kevin White leads the Bears in receiving yards? Hmm. I'm going with Perryman because Alshon Jeffries still, to me, one of the best young wideouts in the league. Whereas Perryman's, it's a more uncertain situation. Steve Smith is ancient. Uh, I'm going with Perryman. There's a real chance in Baltimore for him to do that, and they've got a functional quarterback that we all trust to some degree, and they are a well-run team that's done a good job with young players, so I'm going to go Perryman. I feel like with that haircut, that hairline, he's not going to inspire confidence from Joe right. Flacco. He's going to shave it. <laughs> he's going to go the end. The answer's got to be Kevin White. You always go with the player. It's like fantasy football. Just go with, go the, with better, the better player. Go with the better player. All right. Good job. That is, that's what's more likely. Uh, and that is the end of the Around the NFL podcast. We'll be, a, be back on Thursday. And by the way, again, win Wes's toaster back next Thursday. So hit up at Sully Vol, hashtag WWT if you want to take him on. Take on the maestro. So, this is Dan Hansa signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, Sully behind the glass, and McGinnis, the Irishman. Till next week or Thursday. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's Unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store.
Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max Powertrain Unlimited and Platinum Trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander.